0: Welcome to the Rural Venture Collective podcast, the show that celebrates the strength, innovation, and resilience of women across East Gippsland. Whether you're a local resident or someone curious about the unique spirit of East Gippsland, this podcast is for you. Together, we'll explore the triumphs, the lessons learned and the dreams that fuel these East Gippsland women. Through this podcast, we'll dive into the heart of East Gippsland and shine a spotlight on the incredible women who are shaping business, creating art, nurturing the land and fostering connections across this vast region. Get ready to be inspired to learn and to be a part of a collection that celebrates the shared experiences that make East Gippsland more than just a place, but a home. So grab a cup of your favourite local brew, find a cosy spot, and tune in as we embark on a journey of connection and discovery together. I'd like to acknowledge the Gunai Kurnai people as the traditional owners of the land on which we are gathered, and pay my respects to their elders' past, present and future. Good morning and welcome back to the Rural Venture Collective. This morning we are delighted to be having a fabulous chat with the lovely Rebecca Steenholt. <coughs> Rebecca is a local lady. She's working at the East Gippsland Shire and as the Economic Development Coordinator and she's a delight to behold. So welcome. Hi Liz, thank you for having me. Well, thanks for coming on in to this fabulous James Yates podcast studio. How cool is this? Yeah, quite the space. It really is. They know what they're doing over here.
1: Rebecca, can I call you back? You can call me Beck, just not Becky. Not Becky? You don't <laughs> like that one? I feel like I should be in like a middle American trailer park. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll take note of that. Rebecca, you
0: grew up locally, you moved away for a time and now you're back doing fabulous things in the economic development space and, you know, I know that firsthand. Tell me a little bit about growing up in East Gippsland.
1: Well, yes, you're right. I grew up here. uh, I went to the Susfield Primary School uh, and when I attended in the early 90s, that's showing my age, uh, there were 15 kids in the school. I recall it with absolute fondness, um, you know, the size and, and what sort of values and community, I guess, fiber that gave me. And I think Kenneth closed all the he consolidated all the schools um, in the early '90s, and so we had to move from the Sarsfield Primary School to the Nicholson Primary School, the and that big was smoke. forty-five people. Oh. And was like, oh, this is huge! Yeah. Like what a dramatic change. Mm. So I think that really made me value the importance of you know retaining um, our little small towns across East Gippsland. And I went from those really small schools to a, a huge all-girls school, you know, in metropolitan actually, one peninsula like in Melbourne. And what a contrast, but I'm so, so glad that I had those foundational years that had that essence of community, which I now, I guess, have the pleasure of trying to support in the work that I do.
0: Wow. So an all-girls school, I mean, that's an experience. I went to an all-girls school and I remember at the end of grade six being really excited about going to an all-girls school because, you know, boys are the naughty ones,
1: right? No. And then you get to an all-girls school and you go, (laughs) wow, boys have nothing on this. Absolutely. I found it really terrifying. I think I'm still scarred by going to an all girls school, and I, I have three younger brothers, so boys just seem like so much easier to deal with. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I hear. You, I hear. You. So, school, Mornington Peninsula, mm. and their where to from there?
1: Well, I have, I guess, the opportunity. Uh, my parents divorced when I was quite young, so my dad was based up in northern New South Wales. And so I did a year of co-education, ooh, taboo, um, (laughs) on the Gold Coast. And then I went to boarding school in Brisbane after that. And I came back to finish uh, my year 11 and 12 at Trek College in Manilas, the all-girls scary school um, that we talked about earlier. So, yeah, a really interesting educational pathway.
0: And when you were... A schoolgirl mm-hmm. down on the uh, Monington Peninsula and you're thinking, you know, the world's your oyster. You've got this fabulous grounding growing up in country schools in East Gippsland. You've been to secondary school down there. You've had a stint on the Gold Coast. What are you thinking? Where is where's Beck's life looking at heading from that point? Well, the
1: funny thing is I was fashion obsessed. So I grew up with a mother who loved country style and vogue and they were these sort of just... Uh, I guess, image rich sort of inspiration that I devoured as a teenage girl. And my mother had a lot to do with the Melbourne Fashion Festival when I was in my sort of formative teenage years. So Becky, your mum was involved in the Melbourne Fashion Festival. Were you ever involved? No, I was never professionally involved, just attended. But one funny thing I will tell you, um, so I've got three generations of females uh, here in East Gippsland. And in the early 90s, my nana, my mum and I were all models in Eileen Doddles, which is a store in Bairnsdale. They have a fashion parade here. I would have been circa maybe 94. <laughs> right. <laughs> so multi-generational East Lipsa models.
0: <laughs> well, uh, wow. Watch this space. Watch this space.
1: And so I had these... Grandiose ideas of becoming a fashion designer, and it's really funny because this is—I'm so glad it was pre-internet. But I had a very tiny little fashion label called Beck for Beck towards the end of my schooling um, years, and. Back in those days, VCE, you could do textiles at school. So I did that in partnership with my own little squiggles and designs. And so I, as soon as I could leave school, I was straight out of school and, and trying to sell my wares in, in Paran and all the, the groovy little spots oh, yeah. um, in Melbourne. And then I went and did fashion business merchandising and marketing at the Melbourne School of Fashion. So I was like, I'm going to, yeah, be Gucci. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so tell me about Beck for Beck. What sort of items would we look at there? What, what could we buy if we were looking at buying something in your label?
1: Well, it would have been circa 2000, so a lot of off-the-shoulder. Do, like, do you remember Britney Spears and Christina's, like, the low-hipster 80s inspired sort of bleach and denim played a big role here nice yeah really 80s inspired stuff we did some some puff paints and playing around with textures and tulle and i was very i'm not not ashamed but it's part of who i am sex in the city as a, a show was about my era yeah so all of those sarah jessica parker off the shoulder big quite dramatic things for things i like to play around with all back in vogue now absolutely yeah well that's what it is you know fashion cyclical there's always a a trend that was fired by something that was before
0: That's right. And uh, so you're going to have to dust off that label. (laughs) Gosh, no. (laughs) So we're sitting in East Gippsland and I'm referring
1: to you as Beck, not Gucci. So uh, tell me a little bit about what brought you to this place. I came back to East Gippsland about six years ago and i was actually working in e-commerce and logistics and operations for a fashion label um in byron bay all places and it was just when instagram was really getting its stride so that e-commerce pathway was just booming so good timing there i had a family member who was selling a big farm and had a big bullshed that needed some help packing up so i took two weeks off and said i'll come down and, and help you pack up as my mum and after two weeks, I was like, well, oh, it's pretty bloody good here. And I guess where I was in Byron Bay, that sense of community had really dissipated. You know, we see a lot of um, those places really going through that gentrified change now. It wasn't somewhere that I felt really aligned with my my fibre, my morals. Um, so I came back to East Gippsland and there was no booming e-commerce fashion industry in Bairnsdale, if you can believe it. You could have dusted off back for beck. <laughs> I don't know what you were thinking. <laughs> so many possibilities Um, and because as I mentioned previously I've always had an interest in involvement uh, with hospitality so Tanya and Anton out at the Long Paddock were looking for a venue manager so I approached them and that was a really good fit it was such an incredible way to get to know community get to know local producers and get to connect at a grassroots level with East Gippsland again and I think that gave me a really good insight into industry and then the, the socioeconomic landscape of East Gippsland and from that I was then able to work with a lot of uh, local producers and businesses, Lightfoot and Sons, Sales Grave, Sardine and then I uh, sort of emerged into uh, event coordination and as is the way with lots of COVID stories, I was the very first uh, event coordinator for East Gippsland Winter Festival. And oh really? We were, we were two months in and then adam blom and i um had just got word that david walsh of um, dark mofo was cancelling um dark mofo that year and we, we made the decision that um we as well would be cancelling the iskips winter festival for that year and at the exact same time so this was the sort of fed march of 2020 so We'd just gone through the hideous black summer fires, Mm -hmm. which impacted all of us here in East Gippsland. I had family property um, that was severely impacted and state government was standing up a brand new organisation called Bushfire Recovery Victoria and they identified a lot of transferable skills in my chequered professional past, which then, yeah, transferred into me being a services coordinator to support the district um, of Buckingham on their community recovery journey which i was absolutely honored to be able to be involved in and then i guess from that that really springboarded me into working within government systems and using as i said all of my skills previously to transfer into that so the organic pathway from community recovery into community development with local government to then uh, economic development i've argued this a lot that community development and economic development they they have to live together they, they, they have to um exist sort of hand in glove because they're one and the same if you don't have a a thriving economy then you're not going to have a surviving community and and that's how we got here
0: i mean that's great and it, it's interesting that everything you do even designing chill skirts that, that should be seen <laughs> on the streets of new york
1: i'm not gonna put that down am i you are not <laughs> But
0: everything feeds into the next thing doesn't it so everything that we do we take skills from that that feed into the next thing and I and I noticed that you said you referred to a checkered past and I'm assuming that's a houndstooth check that's right <laughs> well I know you've done a lot of work with Buck and and with Bruvin mm-hmm. in particular and and I know that I you know, I've worked with a lot of businesses up there that speak very highly of the Shire's involvement at that grassroots level, and I think that this is a, a great direction. And we're lucky to have a Shire that is such a huge Shire. You know, it's an organisation that manages a really huge area, but does have that
1: contact with people at the grassroots level. It's a real opportunity. A local government is, you know, the one of the three tiers of government that can be involved and understand the context and the needs um, more than any other other and I think there's real opportunity to change the narrative that local government can be a deeply rewarding uh, and creative industry or you know job to have and I would love to do a a campaign for come and work for East Gippsland Shire Council because it's it's deeply rewarding. It's amazing and listening
0: to you talk about these these skills and and your passion and their you know the path you've taken to get here all of these attributes of course feed into the job that you're doing every day which is packaging up and marketing East Gippsland and helping businesses to be the best that they can be and see their future.
1: Yeah it's really interesting if anyone had said to me 10 years ago 20 years ago you're going to be working for local government in economic development I would have said phooey. I don't think I would have foreseen the pathway, but retrospectively, I can really see that because of all the diversity industry exposure and working for, you know, small businesses, grassroots businesses, and even some, you know, big national organisations, I really have a great understanding of, you know, commercial landscapes and, and the business supports needed. But then because of my pride for East Gippsland, that um, used to promote but also protect East Gippsland is, um, yeah surprisingly to myself quite well equipped to do that <laughs> if that's not too eager to say
0: no 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 absolutely I think you're being completely honest and we do have a lot to protect in East Landing mm. you know we have the natural beauty we're now, um, we have an eco-accreditation. We do. We're the first region in Victoria to gain that accreditation, which is pretty big, right? It's huge. It's huge. And so what do you like to do when you're out and about in East Gippsland? What draws your attention? What's, what sort of area? You know, it's quite diverse. We have everything here, don't we? We have the mountains and we have the sea and we have the lakes and we have all these fabulous
1: natural habitats. What do you like to do? Well, it's well for choice. So... I I love to get out and just go for a walk in nature. Uh, I live out in Lindeno, which is quite close to the Mitchell River, so the Mitchell River National Park is beautiful and there's some great secret little swimming holes that I like to frequent in the warmer months. But then contrasting that, we go up to the high country north of Buchan and and that is just so isolated and I really like to have what I call no-contact time. So go somewhere where my phone doesn't work Mm -hmm. so I can just be in nature and we've got so much... Rare and endangered flora and fauna in some of those parts. So witnessing that is something that I always, I never take for granted. That it's on, you know, on my back door.
0: Absolutely. I, you know, what I like, I like the fact that when you're driving around, it depends on the season as to what animals you come across. Oh, like there's a certain time of the year when every time you're out in the highway, you see an echidna.
1: Oh, they're my favourite animal, the echidna. Right. Their Latin name is e. Tachyglossus aculetus. So back to my partner as a conservationist he said you can't have a favourite animal and not know it's uh, Latin derivative so there you go Wow <laughs> <laughs> Wow that's, that's really told. committed <laughs> Do you have the echidnas on your properties? No we don't so our block in Mindanao is uh, quite urban and then we've got property up in W tree and I'm yet to see an echidna I look forward to that day yeah. um, but I do there's one on my, my commute to work that I see and I always feel like it's a good omen if I see an echidna Mm. It's going to be a good day.
0: Look, I've got to say that my favourite local animals are hog deer and I don't know its Latin name but I just, you know, I just love to catch one and cuddle it and let it go. One of the other things that we're really lucky to have locally and and Becky and I both foodies, some amazing hospitality venues and we can get some amazing food and locally produced wines and beers and honeys and gin have you got some favorite
1: hangouts so by dangerous geographical proximity very close to lightfoot wine so Uh uh, their vineyard is terra rosa over limestone so that really lends itself to beautiful minerality in chardonnay and pinot noir so if you haven't been go up to their gorgeous gorgeous viewpoint which looks out over the lindano plains the staff are gorgeous. The produce is fantastic. Their little tasting board—I think it—it it displays a couple of the other hospitality offerings in Eskipland, so Northern Ground, Sardine, and Long Paddock. So three really high-quality hospitality venues that really showcase our local produce. Here. In fact, hatted. That's so right. So Sardine's a hatted lucky. restaurant. So lucky. Yeah. Yes. I'm a mad foodie, so we're very, very proud to have yes, Sardine. Long Paddock, Northern Ground, If Wine's Not Your Thing, Sailor's Grave Brewery down in Orbost are mm. doing a fantastic thing there. Their branding is something that I just think is a beautiful representation of seeing a microbrewery become regionally such a good representation of quality produce but also how you can tell a story and we see their brand in some of the highest quality venues across Australia.
0: And a brand new bes- bespoke location, custom built uh,
1: set up as well at Sailor's Grave. That's right. So between Marlow and Cape Conran. Yeah. It's a beautiful site. One of my favourite beaches down at Cape Conran. So they'll be setting up Dune Town there, which I think will also diversify their offering to grow their own botanicals. Great. That they can then put back into their beer. So we're super lucky.
0: And they're so passionate, you know, the owners of Sailor's Grave. And we're so lucky, you know, even Tambo Honey, you know, mm-hmm. the owners at Tambo Honey are just so passionate about what they do but i love their collaboration
1: that's going on collaboration is key oh absolutely you can play buzzword bingo when you work for local government Um, (laughs) and my team laughs at me when i do that but collaboration is the only way that a lot of regional brands are going to succeed so i'm all about working together um, across multiple industries across multiple tiers of government uh yeah it's, it's the only way for us to really get ahead
0: Yeah, absolutely. And if you go to places like the Meatong Hot Springs, you'll find that you can pick up a whole heap of uh, craft bits and pieces that are made by local artisans as well. So I agree, collaboration is the way forward and and it's the best way to cross-promote what you're doing and and both the Skippsland Shire and EGMI can assist with that and, and are keen to help people collaborate. Beck, it has been a delight to have you in today. Thank you so much for coming in and telling us a little bit about your East Gippsland, how you ended up again, how you ended back here, your life here and why you love it so much.
1: Thank you. It's been an absolute joy. I hope we can inspire more women in East Gippsland to tell their story and also entice other people to move here.
0: Absolutely. Beck Stenhal, thanks for being in here today. Thanks, Liz. That's us for today. Thanks for joining us on the Rural Venture Collective. Remember to like and subscribe so you'll be updated when our next podcast lands. Most importantly, stay connected and get out there and enjoy our beautiful East Gippsland. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by East Gippsland Marketing with the support of the Victorian Government, recorded at the James Yates Studio, Bendstone. Mm -hmm.